back with another episode of your favorite Celtics podcast. That's right, it's us, Causeway Street Blog, and we're here to talk about, of course, the big trade that happened with Isaiah Thomas. We'll be breaking that down in this edition of Causeway Street. We're also going to talk about Sullinger and how he's going to be out for the season and what that means to the Celtics' playoff chances. Also, we got plenty on the table, guys. So, Dutra went on a, a tirade on Twitter two days ago defending uh, <laughs> to Marcus Cousins and how much he, how great of a player he is and how much he would love to see him in a Celtics uniform. So, we'll be talking about that because it got me thinking, what if Danny Ainge is actually thinking about reuniting Thomas with his old friend back in Sac- from Sacramento and Boogie. And, and Boogie. So, we'll, we'll be talking about that whole scenario. Also... Uh, to the guy that Joel refers to as uh, number 20, who are we talking about? We're talking about Ray Allen and the chances yeah. that he may not play again and that he may be retiring. What does that mean for his legacy? What does that mean for his, you know, his, how he's going to be remembered in Boston? Good and, riddance. And what we, what, what we can look back and say about our former uh, champion Walter, Walter and, Ray. And, and Ray Allen. So we'll be talking about that towards the end of the show. But uh, joining us via cell phone, via satellite, he, via satellite, we right couldn't now. make it in today. I guess he uh, couldn't throw us into his plans on, on a Sunday afternoon. Is uh, Ducha via what's up, guys? via cell phone? What's up, Ducha? What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, hey, I'm sorry, guys. I know that if I I love the Celtics, my number my number two love is NASCAR. That's why I'm watching the NASCAR race right now, taking a little break out of the out of the race to. I'm a little Celtic. Uh, uh, I know that if I came over there, you guys would have put the race on. I know. You told me you would. So I got to watch from there. Yeah, we probably wouldn't have. You're right. Because, yeah. who, honestly, between the, the both of us, who, who gives a shit? Because <laughs> seeing a bunch of cars make left turns for four hours is just not the way I like to spend my Sunday afternoon. Especially on, like, the oh, warmest like, Sunday in, like, a month. <laughs> wait until I've already told Clay I'm going to buy his ticket. I'm going to buy his booze. And I'm gonna drive him up to New Hampshire to watch the NASCAR race, and then you tell me you're not a NASCAR fan. I don't know, dude. You're gonna take a, it's gonna take a lot of convincing for, for you to do that. I mean, this this summer, I mean, there's a lot of things to do out there besides go go to a race up in New Hampshire. But I I may or may not take you up on that offer. I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence about it. I don't know why it's so uncommittal. But anyway, let's talk about this topic. Huge trade. Huge trade. Huge trade. And because of how how Danny pulled it off the last hour of the trade deadline. He also didn't give up much for the, uh, you know, 20-point score that Thomas can be. And also, he pulled off a deal that, you know, you, you give up, what, Marcus Thorin? You give up a, a future draft pick? You get a, a guard who, who not only has a, has a very uh, team-friendly contract, but also is a guy who you can, you can consider a piece for the future. What do, you, what do you think about him in the backcourt um, playing alongside Marcus Smart and, and Avery Bradley. Is that a, is that a good is, is that a good enough backcourt to, to compete in the East? What do you think? Yeah, I love the backcourt. Well, first off, I love the trade. I mean, when can you get a guy who's tied to a team-friendly deal for basically an older, worse person of himself in a first-round pick that's going to be nothing? Right. Yeah, that's true. People, I, I've, I've been, you know, hearing the, the Twitter chatter of like, oh, I, they, I, people wish that Danny didn't give up. Uh, a 2016 first round draft pick, but that's that's this is from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you know whether yeah, you believe the Cleveland Cavaliers are gonna like you know go far or not, like it's gonna be a low draft pick. It's gonna be like in the 20s, so it's right. like you don't give up much. And you still have your draft pick. Yeah. You still have Brooklyn's draft pick. Yep. The most valuable draft picks out of that draft, and then you know what? You could easily have. I mean, I mean, technically, you're probably gonna. 
cash in on the Rondo deal this year. But you know what? You still have the chance of getting the Timberwolves draft pick next year too. If it's over fourteen, I mean they have they had four first round draft, actually possibly five first round draft picks next year. If the whole protection thing works out, and they only have one this year, they could have had five last year, next year. So I'm all about trading that away and making sure you get an upgrade on your on your bench, which probably moving to a starter role with Isaiah Thomas. I love the trade. I absolutely love the trade because he signed long term. He's the exact opposite of Bradley and Smart that you have in your backcourt right now. You know, you have two defensive-minded point guards, uh, shooting guard situation. I mean, can you imagine next year when you have Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, James Young, all playing at the same time? That's going to be a great uh, offensive small ball lineup. I, I love, 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 love the trade. Yeah, that's the first thing that came into my mind when the trade happened. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the the state of our backcourt is is pretty. You know, the rotation, the backcourt rotation is solidified right now. You got Thomas, you got Bradley, you got Smart as like your your quote unquote Celtics three headed monster in the backcourt, and then you got James Young who's going to develop with his you know ten to twelve minutes a game for at least the, the remainder of the season, and and we'll see how he progresses from that point on. You know, next season in the year after that. I mean, your depth chart in the backcourt is is you know making a, a great step in the right direction and you don't have to necessarily worry about you know bringing in another guard during the offseason now it's just you know you look look towards the front court right now you just get a big man right that's, it. that's all mean, you that's your main concern now i think that okay here's my first at point a is that isaiah thomas is going to be what the Celtics need because there's not a lot of teams that are looking for offense you know around the league a lot, of, a lot of teams have, have their superstar, have their offensive go-to, which the Celtics really don't, you know? I mean, other than Sullinger, which is at best a 15, 16 points per game person, you don't have your guy that's going to be looking to make baskets, you know? I think Isaiah Thomas has got a bad rap because Sacramento, Tim Marcus Thornton were going at it, along with Boogie Cousins, and then... You know, Sway, you know, what did, what did our son fan expertise say about Isaiah Thomas when we first, when we got him? You call him a ball hog. A ball hog. He's exactly. And that's what I mean. Takes a lot of shots. If we got a guy who can jack up shots and make them on the Celtics, are you kidding me? That's exactly what we need. And I think that, uh, you also think about the Brad Stevens uh, portion of the whole deal. It's going to... It's going to work for our advantage in the long run. And hopefully, they, Danny Ainge sees this and gets the big man. And then next year, I mean, this year he's going to help. Next year, with Sullinger and the addition of a big man, I think it could be, I think it would be huge. Joel, do you think this move stunts uh, Marcus Smart's growth as a player? Or do you think it can make it better? It could be a little bit of both, actually, because... Um, Who's if, your starting point guard right now? If I think I I personally think Smart should stay in the starting lineup, and let Thomas come off the bench because Thomas is that versatile of a player that he can he can do either or and he doesn't affect his game as much. Dude, that's the thing. I don't think he's ready. I I still don't think Marcus Smart is ready to be the starting point guard of this team. I mean, I think Thomas will he was strengthening either the the starting lineup or the or the bench. Remember now that Sully's gone, uh, Bass is he's going to stay permanently in the starting lineup. Right and. When Ona comes back, if Ona comes back anytime soon, he's still going to come off the bench. But for right now, your only your only offensive 
scorer in the in the in the second unit is, is Tyler Zeller. So if you put Isaiah Thomas on that second unit and he comes in and his only job is to score, that's a that's a great that's a great one two punch in my opinion. Yeah, well, I feel like right now, uh, right now Thomas has to be your starting point guard because. As as you saw in that fourth quarter against the Sacramento Kings, the, the Celtics when when Evan Turner's not going, not getting it going, and um, not to discredit Bradley because he had a good game going as well, but when you don't, when you have Bradley as your only option for for buckets, you need someone like that, whether it's in the backcourt in the frontcourt, to to deliver, to to give you you know ten, twelve points in that second half, or or you know in that fourth quarter, the last five minutes of the game, you need someone that's going to be you know have enough balls to take shots, you know, and not to say that Marcus Smart doesn't. You know, doesn't or not to say Marcus Smart is afraid to take those shots, but I'd rather see Isaiah Thomas taking those shots. And I think Isaiah Thomas is a player who we all know is capable of being a twenty points or, or above score, especially in the Eastern Conference. But with Isaiah Thomas, also whether he starts or, or comes off the bench, he's gonna be in the fourth quarter. He's gonna be that player that exactly. not only he's gonna get you buckets because he's he's a slasher as well. He's not just a shooter; he's a slasher. And before he came, and before the trade, the only slasher shot in the fourth quarter type of guy we had was Turner. And right. like you said, if Turner's not on, no one else is yeah. taking. The, no one else is going to take it to the basket and get and get and, and get look to get to the free throw line. Right. And now you have that person, and that's someone that the Celtics haven't had in, in pretty much since Paul Pierce left. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone that's not. It's just going to just give you buckets, mm-hmm. whether it's going to the hoop. Shooting, shooting, outside shooting, or perimeter shooting, or mid, or mid game shooting, mid-range. or mid range. Sorry. Yeah. Then those are those are the options that 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 Thomas brings to you. Those yeah. are like the the, the yeah. abilities and the tools and I, he has. I think that it's it's tough to look at the starting position, right, and say, okay, what are you going to start, Isaiah Thomas over Marcus Smart? I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a lot of lineups that have. Uh, <laughs> Did anyone hear that sports? Yeah, yeah, we heard it. No, <laughs> Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Any, anyways, did someone uh, crash? I know. Did some, somebody crash on that the NASCAR on that circuit there? <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly what it says. It says uh, go by Patrice Bergeron. I got the Bruins update. Oh, okay. All right, that's cool. That's nice. cool. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right so, great. Uh, good. You know, it's one sport I care about. I think you're gonna see a lot of Marcus Smart and. Um, Isaiah Thomas playing on the floor together because I think they offset each other pretty perfectly. You know, when you look at I, um, Avery Bradley playing the two guard, I mean, you're looking at a guy who can be offensive, you know, offensive minded, but really, when, at the end of the day, uh, Avery Bradley's strengths are as a defensive player, which is the same as Marcus Smart. So I think you're going to see a lot of Isaiah Thomas and Isaac Bradley and Marcus Smart may be fighting for a lot more playing time when the Celtics need, um, you know, that in the, in the third and fourth quarter, I think Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart are really going to be fighting for the playing time when Isaiah Thomas is going to be in there. Well, you know, what, you know what else, too, that uh, I don't think a lot of people have brought up? He's that uh, Isaiah Thomas is an underrated playmaker as well. And before the trade, you're only technically your only – Playmaker that this, that that Brad Stevens had in his offensive lineup was uh, Evan Turner, right. not Marcus Smart. Yeah, Evan, Evan Turner may not see a you know may not see big minutes in the fourth quarter anymore. I mean, he's been running this year so far, but wait, is, I I think actually now I think you're going to look at the team and you're going to say give the ball to Isaiah Thomas. Are we? Yeah, are we yeah. Going I, there? Are we doing that at the fourth quarter? At this point, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, no, no, Sully. You have no Sully now. Well, that's my point because I, th I feel like Thomas. That, that's exactly why I think Thomas should be your starting point guard. I don't, I don't think Smart is is a, a traditional point guard. Not yet. I think he will be. He will develop into one. But like you said, Joel, he's not a playmaker. Okay, he's a he's a no, guard no, stopper. No, playmaker. Marcus Smart has many things that he does well. He is not a playmaker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guard stopper. He's a decent shooter, which he's, he's proven this season at his position. And he's only going to get better, but I don't think he's ready to be your starting point guard. I don't think he's ready to be your playmaker. But yet. I think, I think in, uh, depending who you play against, because, you know, you, you want, want him, him to game. develop. You want him in the game. You want him to develop, and yeah. depending, uh, you know, remember, and I, all I can remember was the Wizards game in, uh, early in the season when they were playing in at, Washington. At Washington, yeah, at yeah, Washington yeah. And you kept Rondo out. Mm-hmm. And Smart, like, pretty much brought the Celtics back. Like, yeah. in a situation like that, yeah. you would see Smart more in, 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 the, in the fourth quarter now. But I think I think Smart, for the time being, probably until Thomas gets a couple games under his belt, I think Smart still is going to start. But you'll have more Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter than Marcus Smart. It'd be, it's well, yeah, kind of like... I think, I think that, I mean, you don't see Marcus Smart in his games too much, too often right now. You know... But I think that you're going to see a lot of three-guard lineups. I mean, Isaiah Thomas could, I mean, you know, okay. Evan Turner has been good late in games, last shot situation. But if you're looking for an ideal three-guard lineup, when you put Bass, I would call Sullinger, RIP, you know. But if you're putting Bass in there with, with Kelly or with Zeller, you're looking at the best three-guard lineup you have as Thomas, Bradley, and Smart. I think that's going to turn into the end of the year. You know, I think they're going to do that. I mean, you look at uh, Marcus Smart can easily guard a two guard, and then you're going to ask Bradley to guard some, uh, you know, a, a, a small forward. If it's on LeBron, it's all right. So I don't know. I mean, I think that that is what sort of you know, Brad Stevens loves the small ball, and uh, Isaiah Thomas being five nine is going to fit right into Brad Stevens' offensive scheme, defensive schemes, and Basically, the lineup as a whole. So I think you're going to see. I, I, I would be surprised. I would be absolutely surprised if you saw um, Isaiah Thomas picking up some sort of three ball, I mean, um, a six man lineup instead of being somebody out there that should get a, you know, be the third starting point guard or third starting back for person on your team. So hours after the trade was announced, um, the Celtics found out that uh, Jared Sellinger was was going to be out indefinitely he's going to head he was going to head back to boston and um, have his foot checked out his left foot and find out you know what was going on because he, he felt some pain um right well Start, during, during the all-star break um sully went to boston sunday morning and found out that he's going to be out for the season due to a, a left meta metacarpal uh stress fracture stress fracture fracture correct so that now that Sully is out, what does that say about the Celtics' chances of making the playoff? Despite having a light schedule compared to other teams in the Eastern Conference, do the Celtics still have a chance to make it, or does this demolish their hopes? What do you think, Dujan? Yeah, to me, uh, gotta bring that up. Uh, dude, I, I, it just happened, man. <laughs> bro, bro, that's, that's <laughs> like, it's big news right now, I, I, right? I, I, love, I love how, I love how everybody in South, I mean, including me, saw the trade of Isaiah Thomas, and I was like, this is awesome. We're going to nail, we're going to nail the HD, doesn't even matter. And all of a sudden, less than two hours later, oh, Jared Sullivan has a, a, has a stress reaction. Mm. I've never <laughs> seen anything called a stress 
reaction. <laughs> Me neither. Well, isn't that like this? Like, isn't that the story of the season, though? Pressure like, or what? Well, isn't that like, hasn't that been the story of the season for the Southerns, though? Like, the Southerns had the best stretch of basketball back in December. They had the best the best stretch of basketball back in December. Boom, Rondo's traded. Jeff Green gets going, giving us everything he got. You know, playing the best basketball he's played all season. Boom, he gets traded. You know, there's, there's always something like, something good's happening. The, the, other, the other shoe is always, you know, bound to fall. It's legit, though. But, you know, with Thunder going down, and now he's out for the season. It's almost like, you know what? We all have, I was, and Clay and Joel, you both know, from the beginning of the season, I have been on this stuff that's going to make the playoffs parade. Since the beginning of the season. And this is the first time that I've thought, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know now. Because if you, don't, if you lose Sullinger, it doesn't matter how many guards you have, it doesn't matter how many people you have, that are, I mean, uh, you know, the, let's face it, the subjects are guard heavy. You got Marcus Smart, you got Avery Bradley, you got Isaiah Thomas now coming into the mix, you got I, uh, um, Evan Turner. Where we lack a presence is in the front court. And when you lose your best front court player, and I personally think the best player, period, on the subject, you're going to have problems. And you, you add Jonas to Rikpo, who can rebound, but. Yeah, especially for a team who's, you know, that's not, a, let's be honest, a great rebounding team. To lose your best rebounders is never good. We we had known for a while that Olenek wasn't going to come back until after the All-Star break. But now that this has happened... We need him more than ever. We need him more. We need him back more than ever. Like, the Southern need him back yeah, more than ever. Olenek, and Olenek isn't the same player as Sullinger. I mean, yeah. he's not going to give you anything Sullinger gave. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right in that. I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, he's a front court presence. He, he can score. He's offensive. He's a seven-footer. You know, you can... Yeah, he's a seven-footer that shoots outside shots, which is part of Sullinger's game, but... I mean, we all know when Sullinger's balling, he's on down low, taking the rebounds, offensive rebounds, and he's putting them back up or he's getting the ball down in the post. That's when you know Sullinger was on the game. And, you know, this is this is a, this could be a bad thing because, you know, when people come back from injuries, and this is Sullinger's second NBA injury, technically, you know, I'm a little worried about what we're going to get next year from this guy because, you know, you look at him and, He's already been settling for the three-point shot. Is that going to be more of a part of his game now that he has a, you know, he's recovering from a foot stress fracture? Well, that's one thing I was thinking about. I was thinking that 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 maybe his his back one first, you know, when that was the initial injury in his career, that maybe that was the main reason why he started shooting threes more often. Maybe he didn't want to hurt his back more, or he was just you know insecure about going into the paint. And then now with the, with the foot you know fracture, it's going to be even you know maybe it's going to be even more paranoid to get himself in the paint now but i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens next year and we i guess at this point that's all we can say we have to wait till next year and then reevaluate Sander all over again but then we were just talking about brad stevens and the the small ball right what if now this team is going to be more running a running team than ever right what if you what if you throw yeah what if you throw now that bass is not going to be traded Mm -hmm. you know he's going to be with us with the southern rest of the season you put him at center Mm -hmm. 
Maybe, maybe hell. Maybe you put Turner in at the at the four. Well, well that's a style that Olenek plays well in. Yeah. You know, you can put Olenek in that line. He runs the floor well. He runs the floor well. That should probably be your front court. Best big man who can run the fast break. Right. Zeller, 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 yeah, yeah you're right. right. Or, or you put, or you start, you start putting Zeller back in the starting lineup too. But see, that's the thing now. We're back, we're back to you know, you know, November. Yeah. With mixing lineups and yeah, doing yeah. combinations, you know, that that oh, Brad yeah, Stevens has to do. If you think that, if you think that Rondo getting traded is going to mess up the starting lineup, and you thought it was back to normal now? I mean, with Summers being out, we're going to see a bunch. We're going to see Brad Stevens say. Because I feel like Brad Stevens' uh, uh, philosophy is, you know, you don't know it doesn't work until you try it and it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. He's not a bunch of starting lineups. Yeah. He didn't just look on paper and say, you know what, this is the best starting lineup I can have. Well, I'm he, stick with it. he could even have he could even have Thomas and Smart start and have Bradley at the three or even Smart at the three. So what do I do? That's what Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart. Avery Bradley in the backcourt, and I just start Brandon Bass and Tyler Zeller, and then have Olenek come off the bench because um, I think Olenek is. Uh, I wrote about this in our in our grades, but Olenek is. I thought with with if Sullinger could play, if we had the full lineup going into the uh, All Star break as we have coming out, I thought Olenek was going to absolutely fly with a twenty minutes a game, you know, uh, twenty minutes a game. We're going to get about seven to eight shots out of you. You know, we want you to play some tall defense. I think that half the time, although he's not a starter in the NBA, I, I think I'm, I'm mm-hmm. okay with making that presumption. Yeah, I agree. And if he has to start in the yeah. NBA, I mean... I'm never like, I'm never like Olenek in the starting lineup for the Celtics, personally. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, this Jared Sullinger injury is going to hurt us more than anything. But, you know, I hope that... I hope that we can still fight through it because I'm not I'm not somebody that's going to be like this year. I don't care what happens. The draft is not that the, the draft is not crazy. It's a good draft. Which draft? It's a deep draft. But I'm not going to say, oh, Jared Tolinger's down. You know what? Let's tank it. Let's tank it right now. No, I I'm, I'm still rooting for them to go for the eighth spot. The well, it's moments like this, you know, losing Sullinger, where I can imagine someone like Dutra just wishes that Danny Ainge somehow pulled off a deal with DeMarcus Cousins, right? Dude, what the fuck was up with that Twitter? What's up with that Twitter beef that you started with me on, on, on Friday night? You started with the Causeway Street uh, right, Twitter. Right. Let me just say, to, you know, to all the listeners out there and everyone that follows, you know, Causeway Street on Twitter, that was me behind the phone on, the, on our Causeway Street account going back and forth with, with Dutra about seeing DeMarcus Cousins in a, in a Boston Celtics uniform. Hey, I'm not joking around. You watch this offseason. No, you watch okay. Cousins. Did you see his attitude in that game? He was like a little crybaby. He was exactly. pissing and moaning. You know, why? you know why? This is it. Guys, hear me out. You'll be on, you'll be on my side during the end of this podcast, okay? I'm listening. DeMarcus Cousins likes stability. Anybody that is like that type of personality needs stability, okay? If, there, if you could name it the top five unstable franchises in the NBA, the Kings would be in that category. You can you can say whatever you want about George Carl taking over. You can say whatever you want about new ownership, signing free agents. I don't give a crap. Look at it. You go through three head coaches in one year, 
And if you're going to tell me a guy like DeMarcus Cousins is going to be happy with that, no. Guess who got the most out of DeMarcus Cousins? Somebody that was truthful to them, John Calipari, goes to his home as he's a high school senior and says, Dan, you're a head case. I'm going to tell you this. You come play for me, I'm going to get you drafted in the first round of the NBA. All I want is one year. You come, and Mike Malone comes in and says, you know what, Marcus, I'm going to be here for a while. You play power forward for me, you got it. I don't know. I think that with the Vegas Celtics set up, Marcus Cousins is the perfect type of player that Brad Stevens can take and say, you know what, I'm signed here for a six-year deal. I can go many other places, Marcus, but I'm not. And Danny is not going to fire me. You come here, you play for me, you put up 25 and 10 a night, you'll be a hero in Boston. And you know what? We've dealt, as fan bases, we have dealt with many, many unstable superstars in this league, a la Manny Ramirez, okay? If a team and a fan base can deal with Manny Ramirez for 10 years, and not get upset with him until the 10th year and then trade him away. Yes. That is what I'm talking about. DeMarcus Cousins will be the new Manny Ramirez in Boston. Oh, wow. Do mark my words. Oh, and man. And will win a championship with DeMarcus Cousins and Marcus Smart and, uh, and, you know what, and Brad Stevens. That's what I'm saying. It's going to happen. All right. First off, um, I'm not going to get started with the whole Manny Ramirez thing. Like, I'm going to let that one slide because there's no there's – no, Two Manny Ramirez supporters than these two right here talking to you right now. That's number one. Number two, number two, number two, I agree with you with the stability thing, okay? I agree with you with that, which is exactly why they hired George Carl. You think George Carl for a second is not going to be like the moment he that Cousins were to go sign somewhere else, he's not going to be like, all right, guys, I'm out. I don't care. I signed a contract. I don't care. I'm, you want me here for the next four or five years? But I'm out. George this is part of. Can literally die in any second. Oh come on, really? That's messed up. No, you, yo, no, you did want to go there. You did want to go there. You had that in your back pocket the whole time. You did want to go there. I did not. I did not. Want to go may the may the may the Lord strike you on His day for saying that. How dare you? Mr. Mr. Carl, Mr. Coach Carl, are you? If you're listening to this podcast, we do not support that statement that was just made. I can't even repeat what was just said. All right. So, so what are you saying? If that happens, then then they have to trade him. Is yeah. that what you're saying? <laughs> no. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, you're looking for stability. You're really gonna hire a coach who's been out of coaching for three years. Yeah. That's that uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think I think Demarcus Cousins, the, the situation Sacramento. If you ask me, you know, this is his last life, all right? This is, this next season, this half season of this year, the rest of this season and next year is what I'm going to call a trial period for George Carl and DeMarcus Cousins to figure out if they can work, if they can click, if he can get through to him, if he can get the best out of him. If it doesn't work... How many more years of George Carl coaching? How many more years do you think George Carl can coach for? If I had to put a number on it, three maybe? But when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins, I feel like this is a trial period from now until let's say I don't know next uh, February or March of two thousand of two thousand sixteen. This is the trial period, and if it doesn't work, they'll trade him. However, 
what are we going to give them that's going to make them say, okay, yeah, let's make a deal with Boston, especially now that Sullinger is down, because you have to, you have to imagine that if a deal does happen, Jerry Sullinger has to be the, 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 the piece that, that's gonna get that, you know, Sacramento says, okay, you give us a big, you throw us some draft picks, you throw us maybe a, a shooter or somewhere in there, a guard in there, I the deal. I, I and you have a deal. I thought the deal was going to be Sullinger, Smart, and, well, okay. My, my whole thing was I was going to include... Yeah, Sullinger's going to be in that deal, Smart. exactly. Well, yeah. I thought the deal was Sullinger, Smart, and a couple draft picks for Sullinger. For, for, a couple? Uh, okay. I thought you were going to put two draft picks in. Two first-round draft picks. Yeah, but you, you think they're going to take Sullinger now? I mean, I'm, any team's going to be cautious I mean, of taking someone think, like Sullinger. He hasn't been helping. I, I think if you're looking at it, and you put two first... Okay, let's see how this... Let's see how this George Carlos experiment ends, okay? Because you're looking at a team that has Rudy Gay, Marcus Cousins... Not much Gay, else. And, and then... Carlson. Darren Carlson. Yeah, Carlson. Okay. okay. That, that's what George Carl has to work with. And you know what? If you're telling me, if you go to George Carl and you say, hey, we're going to get you Marcus Smart, who's a, who's a baller. You know, if Marcus Smart, even if it, I'm not talking about anything right now. I'm talking about the offseason. Right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Marcus Smart to make that leap. Uh, Jared Sullinger has already shown to what he is and what his, his potential is. And, you know, you can, I, I don't know. I think that, I think that, the market cousins is going to be available for the right place in the offseason. And I and I know, I absolutely know that if the market cousins is available, the market cousins is one of the reasons why Danny Ainge has stockpiled so much of these assets. Because he's one of the guys that you look at in the NBA. You tell me, you look at the NBA as a whole, and you tell me, give me the best player that is available. And you know who the first person that comes to mind that's the best player who may be available is the Marcus Cousins. I mean, I think the only way that the Marcus Cousins becomes a Celtics is if he's signed as a free agent. He will not like the the Kings are not going to just fork him over, especially where I'm going. I'm going to you know go back to the whole George Carl thing because that's the I think that's the main reason why George Carl decided to sign with the Kings. It's like you have to promise me. Sign? No, George Carl's made plenty of money. He's still making money with freaking ESPN, whoever he was working with before he he landed. He landed in it. He's not about money. He's made his money in his career. He's about winning a championship. That's what that's what he wants. That's something that he's never done. He's made it to the finals what? once in his in his whole in his whole career. He wants a championship, but he wants a championship. But but the Kings the Kings have money to sign free agents, and you don't think free agents don't want to go play for George Carl? If anybody is uh, uh, right now, if any coach. That's a player's coach, like like they don't like. Have that much money. The Kings, how do you, how do you know the Kings don't have much money? The, the Kings have the Kings have loyal loyal fans who buy season tickets even when their team sucks. It's a great market. It's a great market. And they built a new stadium. I think that George Carl is more of a. I think he's more of a. You know what? I'm here. See what happens. You know, if, if if nothing happens, you know what? I will resign without getting fired. That's about it. I, I don't think that George Carl is going to keep the market because of Sacramento. The NBA didn't think that Sacramento was a great place for, for, for the sports team. They would have been gone out of Sacramento a long time ago. Like, Sacramento is a place where players are going to want to play now, especially that George Carl is there. I don't know, man. I don't think it's. I don't think the only way the Celtics sign Demarcus Cousins is if he becomes a free agent. And I don't think Sacramento is going to let that happen. That you know, without a fight. 
All right, we'll see what happens with Sacramento. Um, obviously, it's going to be an ongoing thing. We'll see during the offseason if they actually move him or, or not. Either way, I don't, I don't... You didn't convince me, by the way. I don't know about Sway. Uh, I, I get what you're saying about the whole stability thing. And I, I think, you know, Brad Stevens... Uh, how is, long was he in college for? ...is that good of a you know coach, but we'll see. We'll see. But uh, moving on, before we um, before we wrap up our show with our, you know, in case you missed this segment, uh, one thing I want to touch upon was um, the, the possibility of, of uh, Ray Allen's retirement. Uh, what does that mean for his legacy in Boston? What does that say about, you know, him possibly getting his number retired? Um, I, for one, think that Ray Allen um, will be remembered as one of the greatest Celtic, in my opinion, especially as a shooter. He's obviously the greatest three-point shooter of all time, and um, his his five years in, in Boston are gonna are, are not gonna be forgotten. You know, he, without him, he doesn't win, we don't win a championship. Without him, um, we don't come close to winning a second one. And um, he was a huge piece, obviously, to to the Celtics um, winning their seventeenth title. Um, Ducha, you, I'm going to ask you first, what do you think his chances are of uh, getting his number 20 up in those Raptors, whether it's, you know, within, within the next 10 years or the next 15 to 20, does it happen? Do we see number 20 in the, in the Raptors in, in, in TV Garden or whatever they call it in 10 to 15 well, years from now? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see, I think we'll see Ray Allen go up when it's like, you know, uh, flyingcar.com, <laughs> whatever. Like when we're old and gray? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh no, we had to save the best for last. You know, we gotta ask Joel last because that's gonna be an entertaining answer. Oh, by the way, so in this in this scenario, if you know, if we're all you know old and gray going to see uh, Ray Allen's retirement ceremony, does Joel say Ray Allen for the first time in what's gonna be I don't know twenty five no. years or so? No, Joel. Okay, this is a scenario. Me, you, and Joel are all in the same nursing home. And <laughs> Ray Allen. Ray Allen is friggin' getting retired. Seven point five. I'm getting seven point six. 
See, if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I would say no. See what already happened, Clay? I was right with you a couple of years ago. Right. No, actually, okay. Time when went by. Traded, when they tra- when Ray Allen left, and 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 we had the season of the new big three of Rondo, Garnett, and Pierce, I would have told you no, absolutely not. Ray Allen's not going to come retire. But now that it's been a few years, it's at seven point six percent. Right. Seven point six. Yeah, I just feel like he's, you know, he's just part of that, the, the quote-unquote, the new big three. You know, the, that whole, uh, you know, putting the, those three together. They won a championship the first year. Uh, you know, the, the, the next big three after Bird, Parrish, and, and McHale. I just feel like you can't, because obviously Pierce and Garnett, no question they'll be up there. So I feel like because he's he's so part of that, part of the, the, the trio, and because of his, you know, how, how big of a player he was in the NBA as a, just as a player himself, I think that eventually he gets it, but it's going to be years after Pearson Garnett get theirs retired. Um, that that's my that's my prediction. Joel, what do you think? Let's hear it. Before you start. Yeah. Go ahead. Remember, children may listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep it PG. And before you start, there's one thing. There's, there's a couple things I love in life, but Joel's hate for Ray Allen is one. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not a, you know, it's a, it's a few things that I, I can say that I hate in this oh, world. Oh, he's backpedaling now. No, I'm not oh, backpedaling. Oh, oh. I've never said I, I've never said I, I've never said I, I've never said I hate, I've never said I hate the guy. I just, like, I don't, I just don't, I don't care for him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, for lack of a better term, I don't fuck with him anymore. That's <laughs> just, it's just how it is. Well, well, one thing I'll admit, though, one thing yeah. I'll admit, when I look, when I think about Ray Allen, it's almost like two different players. Like, when he went to the Miami Heat, it was almost as if, like, I don't, when I think of the Ray Allen in the Celtics uniform, and I know it sounds kind of obvious, like, you don't think of this, like, it's almost like he, he, he wasn't the same guy. Like, he's a different person a, than when you went to Miami because it was almost like when you put him right next to uh, LeBron James and, and Dwayne Wade, it's just like, it's like you didn't even recognize him anymore in that Heat uniform, you know? You didn't recognize the same guy that, that used to, you know, hit the big shots at the end of the game for the, for the Celtics. So it's almost like he was a different player, and that guy... I think will eventually get his get his number retired. You know the the guy who wore who wore green and white instead of instead of the Miami player. It wasn't the fact that he just like, he went to the Miami Heat. It's the it's the way he did it. Went to South Beach. It was like how long he took to do it. Not only that, not only that, not only that. Just like after, it's one thing to just be like, all right, guys, I'm out. It was great while it lasted. Boom, I would have had more respect from him in that in that sense. But for him to go out the door and be like, oh, you know, I had problems with Rondo. You know, Doc didn't want to start me anymore. He started, you know, messing up the plays for me. The trade rumors. Yeah, you know, you know all these trade rumors and stuff like that. It's like, you know, be honest with yourself, right? You don't want to be honest with everybody else? Fine, but be honest with yourself. Like, you got... Exactly. You were hurt not because of the trade rumors. You were hurt not because of the trade rumors. You were hurt because you weren't a starter anymore. Mm-hmm. That was the bottom line. And that's fine. Everybody has an ego in this in this league. Everybody has the right to be, you have the right to have an ego because of what you've done. That's perfectly fine. But say that. Mm-hmm. Don't freaking, you know, make it seem like it's everybody else's fault and not yours. That was my whole thing with him. And it still is. It's been three years. And like, and even if, and even if the Celtics would have been like, yo, let's try to bring him back. I, no, fuck it. I don't want, like, I, that's, that's done. Okay. Celtics pride, like as a Celtics fan, number one. Like I know, we we write we're 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 a blog site and we try to stay neutral in the situ- in certain situations. But as a Celtics fan, 
I learned that Celtics pride is you put yourself last and the team first, right? If at any point, yeah. and at any point, you know, Larry Bird or Rory Parrish or Kevin McHale, any one of those three were like, I'm out. You would have never heard, oh, Larry had beef with, with Robert. Yeah. Or Robert had beef uh -huh. with Kevin McHale. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Or, or like, they couldn't stand Casey Jones. Mm -hmm. Or they couldn't stand who this or who this, whatever. That's why Cedric Maxwell didn't get his number retired for a long time. Mm -hmm. He just kept talking shit. <laughs> he just couldn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, as a team. Right. Like, you're supposed to keep that in-house. Right. Anything that happens, you keep that mm -hmm. shit in-house. Mm -hmm. That's what a team is about. <laughs> But Walter Walter Ray is from the fucking nineties. He's from the old school. He's from the old school. You keep that shit in house. So Alan disrespected in Butu. They were just saying he's disrespected not only in Butu, but he disrespected Celtics pride. He's disrespected being a Boston athlete. He disrespected like a bunch of shit. Like he just like you broke the code, bro. You know what I mean? I think this. I think this is a good day for you, man. You know what I mean? Like you broke, like you broke the code. It's therapeutic for Joel, right? It's just therapeutic. I understand where you're coming from now. I like it all. Like you, you, like you, you feel, you get me now, right? Like it's like it's not like it's not. I don't, I don't hate the, I don't hate the dude. I don't. If I would see him down walking down the street, I wouldn't be like, yo, I'm gonna go and like kick him in the face. No, like it's like, all right, that's 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 that guy. I remember, I remember him, but yeah, you you made me feel like I could go to. You know, call this, get my PhD, and be a strength drill. <laughs> you, you got it out of him, man. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but at the but at the same time, right? Back to the old the old big three. If at any point when they couldn't beat the Lakers at certain in certain seasons, then any one of the three of them decided to go join the Lakers yeah. and not try to beat them, like that's just. Are you kidding me? That's fucked up. I would, like I would have crucified anybody. Are you kidding me? If Okay, you know what? Let's take it back a notch before the big three. Imagine instead of Paul Pierce being loyal to the Celtics, and, yeah. and, and, and if we had any other general manager at any age, which people do not give him credit for, Paul Pierce would have been a fucking like. Yeah. You know, if, if, if yeah. you didn't have a guy that lived in the Celtics, that's and that's right, there's a lot of people that hate Danny Ainge, but when Paul Pierce was our only player for those three to four years, he could have traded him away any day he wanted to. Yeah. But he realized he had something he needed to build around. And, and you know what? Well, Paul never asked for a trade. He never asked for a trade. Well, he never, he only never asked for a trade. But you know, Sway, you know, and Joel, you both know that since seventh season, the clock was ticking. Everybody, all national media said, trade his ass. Yeah, the absolutely. Right. Start over, rebuild, you know right. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Hey, you know what? Joel, I understand what you're saying, but Brown was part of the solution, not part of the problem in Boston. So I'm going to give him a pass. And you know what? He's going to be the third wheel on that, on that train, but I'm okay with that. No, that's a good point, though, because Paul Pierce, I feel like Paul, he was one, you know, he was a uh, get me out of here away from being from being traded. If Paul Pierce says I want to be traded, then he would have been traded. He would have been gone. But he, he stayed loyal and he, yep. he stuck with it. Okay, right. I feel you on that. So then, so then to get back to the original question, uh, do I think he deserves to get his number retired? Ask me again in fucking five years. 
Yeah, 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 I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't think. Time. Ask me again in five years because I'm not. Because right now it's like because it was only five years. Think about it, right? Only five years. Final two finals appearances, uh, three Eastern Conference finals appearances. Uh, you, you know he broke. He broke the, the three point record. And he's you know past Reggie Miller. All that good stuff. Great. Did you God. write his announcement ceremony? Getting his number retired? Yeah, <laughs> would I write it? <laughs> I think you just wrote it right there. That was the preamble. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you mentioned Cedric Maxwell getting his number retired, but Cedric Maxwell was not only you know not only the you know win a championship like like Ray did, but he was the Finals MVP. You know, so that was, was the Thank you. That's yeah. another thing I was gonna yeah, bring up. That's true. He that's works for the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, that's why it doesn't happen. He, he works for the Celtics. By the you know, they, like you know what? They traded that. They got him out of town. I mean, I'm just saying that Kevin Graham is gonna look back on this and say, you know what? I want one of my numbers to try in Boston. And I think that if the same if the same ownership goes. 10, 15 years without a trophy, they're going to look back and, dude, you may even see James Posey's number again retired. You never know. <laughs> no, because, I mean, you, you, you look you look at someone like Danny H who helped the Celtics win multiple championships, he still doesn't have his number retired, and he's the GM yeah. of the team. So, yeah, I mean, this dude, this dude, this dude that we're talking about right now, five years, he only played five years. You know what I mean? Like, the big, the original big three, they were like, Let's take another crack at it. Every year, another crack. Even if they didn't win the title, right? Even when they won the title, it's like we're going, we're going for, we're going for multiples. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this thing going. Even even Danny Ainge, as much as Danny Ainge just criticized uh, Red Arnback, saying you know for for saying that oh they he he the big three lasted way too long, but like that's what Celtics pride is all about. And this and Paul Pierce, you can't deny that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett didn't want this to last. Forever, for as long as it could could have lasted, and it could have lasted longer, had this douchebag right. not decided to go away. Here's what here's my here's my proposition right now. We have a special podcast for who gets a statue versus who gets the number retired out of the big three. Yeah, we could do that. We'll, we could spend a whole episode on that. Absolutely. I mean, we spent like just about twenty minutes on this whole conversation about Ray Allen. Uh, legit though, you just brought up Danny A's not having his number retired. Who's gonna get his number retired? He is. It's gonna happen. You know that's forty-four is gonna be one if he wins another championship. So I mean, well, Tyler, then Tyler Zeller needs another number. You know that, though. You know, I mean, so there's a lot that can happen. And uh, I know Joel and the biggest way on fan, but you know, number five and number thirty-four gonna be up there. It'd be weird to see that happen without number twenty. All right, we've uh, talked about a lot today, so we're finally gonna wrap this up and put a bow on it with how we end every single podcast. With our in case you missed it segment, and uh, Joey, can you can you tone it down a little bit now? I'm good. I'm good. So fired up I'm now. good. I'm good. I'm good. I thought I thought I handled myself pretty well. Don't swear <laughs> in case you missed it. All right, what did we miss? Uh, well, Kevin Garnett. Speaking of uh, getting numbers retired and going back home, so to speak, is he's a he's a Timberwolf once again. Yeah. And great story. You people like people would think that oh he's just gonna finish the last thirty games or so of his career, and he said that he wants to play one more season. Yeah. So okay. This is that's a great story. It is. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the stories where he used to uh, he used to tell when he was a rookie or in his first two or three seasons and the relationship that he had with Sam Mitchell and how Sam Mitchell has gone on record to say that without Kevin Garnett he doesn't think he would have played those final two to three years and that Kevin Garnett was the guy who kept pushing him and kept you know 
keeping him in shape, keeping him in, you know, in the gym. I think now he's going to be that guy for, you know, for, for Wiggins and, and for um, Levine, uh, Levine and, and Pekovic. And, and Rubio. And, you know, Rubio, especially, you know, a player like Pekovic, who he can, you know, work with and, and really polish his, his skills mold inside the paint and mold him into a, a, a great player who, who I think he is. Well, right now he's a good player, could be a great player. Uh, Pekovic down low. So I think it's a great story. I think Minnesota must be pumped. I mean, what do they have to lose in this in the situation, in the scenario besides Thaddeus Young? Thaddeus Young. <laughs> Who they fought so hard to get. <laughs> right, they fought so hard to get, but hasn't really hasn't hey, I'm a shown Young fan. Hasn't shown much since, since you know. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's great. It's great for the organization, obviously, and I think he'll end up probably being like in some sort of Higher, higher up once his playing days are are complete because then right. next year would be his 20th season, right? Right. So right. that's did a great way else, to end it. Did anyone else hear that and say, okay, I think this is Minnesota's way of trying to, like, steal his Hall of Fame bid, like, going in as a Timberwolf, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because... He, he goes in as a Timberwolf. Not only that, that he's yeah. the first going to be the first organization that retires his number. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be the Timberwolves. Yeah, but, but I think but I think before the trade happens, you could have looked at it and said, Going or Timberwolves, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like the organization, like, they, like, finally, like, forgave him, so to speak, even though he it wasn't his choice to, you know, to well, get I traded. It, I think it was Garnett that had to forgive them. You know what? I'm, I'm tired of being on an Atlanta Housewives, so though. I'm not, I'm not dealing with it no more. Everyone's getting in that we're tired. I'm just going to go to be an American, American parent nowadays. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Everyone gets a winner. <laughs> hey, that's what I want to see. I'm done with the favor. That's what I wanted Boston to do in about a year or two. Bring home, you already know what I'm going to say. Bring home Paul Pierce, man. Bring home Paul for at least one more season. Hopefully we're relevant within a year or two. I would like to think so. Bring Paul back next year, man. Bring Paul back. Let him finish his you know, last season or two in Boston and ride out into the sunset. You know, what, what do you do when you when you watch NASCAR? Um, besides drink beer, what is it? What else? What, whatever it is you do. I know you're not grilling. Back to it. Literally, I'm, I'm I'm trying to um, drink as many beers as I can without taking um, a leak too. That, um, that's impressive. Oh, you haven't gone to the bathroom once within this almost a uh, was it a hour, one hour show that we've had jam packed Causeway Street uh, podcast. All right, Ducha. Well, record. I'll just say this: Matt Kenseth, my driver, he crashed early. I've been all right since then. All right. Well, I'm glad. Hey, Joel. Yeah. Love you, folks. Love everybody out there listening to Causeway Street. And, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be trying to fight this cell injury and injury together. <laughs> All right, man. Right back at you, Sounds bro. Sounds good, Dutra. Everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in. That's been our Causeway Street podcast episode number 14. 14. Oof, thank you for saving me there, man. No I was going to say 12. 14. No, no, 14 episode 14 is Moving a wrap. Uh, check us out, obviously, on Twitter. If you're not following us already, at Causeway Street. And uh, follow us on Instagram at Causeway Street as at well. Causeway Street, man, it's the same. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Facebook.com <laughs> backslash at Causeway Street blog. Later, guys. Good show. <laughs>